This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9 at 7.06 a.m. on Friday, the 5th of January. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Philip C. Now, in half an hour, we're going to discuss the outlook for Asian economies as we embark on this new year. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. In the U.S., the Dow was up 0.03%, S&P 500 down 0.3%. And the Nasdaq down 0.6%. Over in Asia, the Nikkei was down 0.5%. Hang Seng was flat. Shanghai Composite down 0.4%. Singapore's STI down 0.8%. And back home, FBM KLCI up a whopping 1%. For some insights then on where markets could be heading and what's really moving them, we have on the line with us Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst with Oanda. Kelvin, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, the Nasdaq 100 was the standout performer among U.S. stock indices in 2023, but it hasn't gotten off to such a good start in 2024. What happened to the bullish momentum that it enjoyed last year? Uh, yeah, precisely. So what we see over here is a bit of what I call uh, over-optimism uh, in Q4 last year, especially uh, on the Munificent 7 stocks with the likes of Apple, NVIDIA, Microsoft. That is leading the pack that drove uh, Nasdaq 100 to actually outperform the other major benchmark stock indices. So what we could see over here is that as well as uh, one of the leading, uh, we call it, uh, uh, put away that one of the uh, most heavily weighted uh, stock component inside Nasdaq 100, which is Apple, which consists of 8%. Uh, in the last two days, recently got uh, several, what we call it, uh, sell-side brokerages uh, downgrade. Uh, from either from uh, underweight to neutral. So that actually also create this kind of negative feedback loop in the Nasdaq 100 at the start of this year. Now, tonight also non-farm payrolls will be out. Consensus is expecting an increase in about 140,000 jobs in December. Is this in line with your numbers? And what does that mean for the Fed fund rate then? Yeah, sure. So if you look at the current situation right now in the last six months or so, the NFB data in terms of the average number of job added per month has been hovering below uh, 200k and so that's also below 240k uh, average over the prior 12 months so what we could see over here is that in the u.s job markets the it's neither not too hot or too cold so uh it seems to be that right now we are in a kind of still uh goldilocks uh, scenario for the u.s economy but definitely uh, we're talking about there are several, uh, we call it uh, other uh, uh, indicator that the prior one and a half uh, year of a rapid interest rate hike has starts to actually dampen uh, consumer uh, confidence in the U.S. economy, which could potentially see this kind of, uh, uh, we call it a rather a soft uh, U.S. Uh, job data coming to play, but not so alarming that we are in a kind of a recessionary scenario yet for U.S., so what I could see over here is that uh, there could be a bit of optimism being priced in the interest rate markets uh, on the 30 days Fed Fund Futures market. Because if you look at it right now, uh, markets participants in this uh, futures, interest rate futures market are just expecting a kind of a rather uh, rampant dovish expectation of Fed to implement six rate cuts uh, for this year. So if the job, US job market corner to hover around this rate uh, throughout the next uh, three or four months or so, I doubt that uh, potentially, I would say that this uh, over-optimism of Fed, uh, the wish people could start to temper off as we move on into the Q2 of this year, and even uh, the, the, the earlier part of the second half of this year. 
Okay, so what does this then mean for the US dollar? Because earlier on, yes. there were expectations that the king dollar era is coming to an end and that would lead to fund flows into emerging markets. Does that theory then still hold true? Yeah, so right now, what we could see over here is that uh, the okay, two things over here is that we've got, we got to bear in mind is that uh, number one, uh, the the dollar itself last year was actually driven by this uh, rapid rise in the 10-year US uh, treasury yield uh, against the rest of the world. That means we talk about the year premium uh, increase that drive the strength of the dollar. So let's say if you start to see that uh, if uh, Fed dovish expectation or dovish pivot expectation to temper off this year, that means what we could actually start to see at this point in time is that number one, the US economy is not slipping into recession, which is positive. And which also will potentially translate to what we call that a uh, better growth prospect to the rest of the world. So if this scenario starts to actually place out over here, I do not see a return of uh, what we could see last year that we start to see this very uh, strong dollar strengthening against the Asia currency or against the emerging market currency. Given the fact that right now uh, there's more clarity that the uh, one and a half year of interest rate hike that's been implemented by the Fed doesn't actually lead to that dreadful recession scenario globally. Calvin, could I get your thoughts on what you think will happen with oil prices? Because although we do see that at the moment, um, oil prices are kind of, they're down uh, to date, but uh, it they're down to date, but they are up 0.9% on a year-to-date basis. And I think we're seeing a lot of volatility over in the Middle East. How do you think that's going to affect um, how oil prices trend in the short to medium term? Yeah, so if I look at the uh, short to medium term, I do expect uh, a bit of wild swing in the oil price using the West Texas crude oil, the WRT crude oil as a, as a preference. So potentially in the short to medium term, they could actually uh, swing between uh, as low as uh, 66 uh, per barrel, US dollar per barrel, to a high about close to about $85 per barrel, uh, driven by the fact that number one, we start to see Middle East tension. Uh, which is actually playing out right now. So it's pretty much fluid over here. And, and at that point in time, we start to see uh, leading OPEC members like Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia, they are quite uh, unreluctant to actually uh, increase uh, oil supply production. So they are more aiming towards uh, oil supply cuts at this point in time. So uh, then on top of that over here is that on the, on the upside, potentially it could still be kept by uh, China deflationary risk spiral that uh, kind of a, a put a dampen on a global demand uh, oil. And Kelvin, global with, demand oil, yeah. and Kelvin, with that strong jobs data coupled with the volatility there, what's your trajectory for gold? Is there a short-term bullish trend or is it longer-term in nature? Okay, so for gold at this point in time over here is that uh, we've got to bear in mind that there are actually two particular factors that potentially could drive gold prices. Number one, will be a potentially a weaker dollar driven by the fact that this lower long-term treasury yield. So uh, on the other hand, we also have a global uh, joint political risk premium that could actually play out in the second part of this year, uh, especially uh, given that the, you know, that the upcoming US presidential election. So I'll be monitoring very close uh, uh, on this aspect, especially when we hit towards the second half of the year, where candidates will start to actually, uh, candidates from both camps, that means the, the, the Republican and the Democrat, will start to lay out their plans for US, especially on the national security agenda. Uh, that could actually uh, relate to US and China relations, which I believe that it could start to flare out again, given that the recent uh, economic uh, uh, work plan seminar that was concluded 
earlier last month indicating that the China top leadership putting national, uh, their top priority will be uh, this high-tech industrialization policy, which could be seen as a potential national security threat to the US. So if that scenario starts to play out, uh, potentially uh, gold prices could actually be still be more rosy on the upside, despite the fact that if the dollar's strength, uh, uh, despite the fact that the dollar weakness uh, starts to actually uh, temper off in the second half of this year. Kelvin, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst with Owanda, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Just an update on gold prices this morning. Uh, they are about 0.1% up, currently trading at 2044 US dollars, uh, but still about 0.9% down on a year-to-date basis, mindful of the fact that the year is just five days, uh, essentially, right now. Um, but uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, headlines that have crossed our table this morning. We do have um, an outlook from Walgreens Boots Alliance, the pharmacy over in the US. They've cut nearly half of its dividend payouts to 25 cents per share in an effort to conserve cash amid lower consumer spending and intense competition. Now, the U.S. pharmacy chain has been grappling with reduced demand for COVID vaccines and testing and decreased spending on personal care and beauty products. In October, it announced a $1 billion cost cut program aimed at winning back market share lost to rivals like CVS Health. What does it mean? Walgreens shares are down 11% after the announcement and the decline is set to wipe out more than $2 billion U.S. billion in market cap. Okay, does Wall Street like this name, the answer is a no, no, because there's only four buys, 14 holes, three sells. Consensus target price for this stock, 26 US dollars and 35 cents. So not doing so well at all. I guess very limited upside in a very competitive field, actually, because you do see even like Amazon trying to do uh, delivery of medicines and prescriptions, right? So hard to compete. And I think in US, retail is notoriously fickle. All right. Uh, we also have headlines coming out of ExxonMobil. Uh, they are expecting a big hit to fourth quarter results. No thanks to a $2.5 billion write-down of California assets, as well as lower energy prices that will cut operating profits. Uh, the largest U.S. oil producer predicts that it will take a 2.4 to $2.6 billion U.S. dollar impairment to oil and gas properties off the coast of Southern California. Now, this marks a series of exits from relatively mature oil fields by large oil companies from the state due to its environmental and regulatory policies. Now, Exxon's earnings will fall by $400-$800 million for the last three months of 2023 when compared with the previous quarter. It is a very interesting point that California's state has actually gone quite contrarian with the national picture and really pushed its green agenda extremely hard, right? So you see a lot of actually investments in renewable energies actually across the west coast of the United States. But in contrast, then what's happening is that the traditional oil and gas majors and moved out and moved perhaps more to the Midwest. Well, Chevron also followed suit. They actually incurred a large write-down due to this Californian energy policy that uh, Phil, you were just talking about. Yeah. So it's not only Exxon. Now, does the street still like this, the largest oil and gas company in America? The answer is somewhat 
Mixed? Mixed. Yeah, because it's 16 buys, 13 holes, no sells. Consensus target price, 125 US dollars and 26 cents. Regular market hours, it was down 90 cents to 102 dollars to 32 cents. I think the question is really, you know, even the investment community have questions about whether they want to be in oil and gas because so much money is going into the ESG space. Increasingly, your clients are asking, do you still need to be in fossil fuels? So even if the valuations don't look very expensive, and even though all majors are still making record high profits, there is a reluctance. I mean, we just came out from COP28 where there was some commitment to begin to phase out uh, transitioning, transitioning from fossil, from, fuels, from fossil out fuels, out of energy systems in particular. Yes. So this will have an impact. It's just when are we going to see that actual impact? Something that we're going to be watching over the longer term. It's 7.18 in the morning. Let's head into some messages, but we'll come back to cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.